Hello and welcome to Angry Andy Reviews and this is my review for not only episode 1 but episode 2 of House of the Dragon. Okay, so I was supposed to do a separate review for episode 1, but episode 2 has already come out and I've completely lost track of time, so why not just merge them together and get it over and done with? Seeing as everybody, well, I say everybody, seeing as majority of people have probably already watched episode 1 and 2, be aware there are spoilers in this review. And this is sort of a review, sort of like a bit of a, a discussion from what's in my head. So, the first episode... Yeah, pretty substantial setup, I would say. Um, you know, we're introduced to every sort of major player that is going to be running through this first season. Uh, we have Rainier, Rainiera, I can't even pronounce the names, this is great. Uh, Rainiera Targaryen, um, who was anointed the heir to the throne by her father, played by Paddy Considine, who is a great actor. Really, really chuffed that he's in this series. It gives some weight and some good old acting talent to this series. Um, but yeah, so she's named Air after her, her mother and the recently born um, son of the king um, die in what is a very horrific birthing sequence. Awful. So yeah, the first episode gives you all the sort of tropes and trademarks of Game of Thrones. There's violence, there's blood, there's gore, there's twists, there's unexpected death and then we have betrayal as per usual so yeah um <laughs> matt smith who plays daemon targaryen is really upset that rainiera has been given the the heir heirdom to the throne and he storms off like a little crying baby and goes and takes dragonstone for himself excellent now <sighs> the first episode it is all build up and you can forgive the episode for doing such. Um, we are given everybody flash in the pan sort of moments to make themselves known to us as the audience. There are some characters in there, even after the first two episodes, where I'm unsure of their motivations, which is a very stark contrast to the very first Game of Thrones season. Within the first two episodes, we were aware acutely of what was going on, who was doing what, who was scheming, who was planning. We didn't know the fine details, but we knew enough about the character motivations based off what we'd seen in order to sort of, you know, have a general sense of what's going on. We knew that Joffrey was an arsehole. We knew that Cersei and Jaime were... Um, and we knew that Robert Baratheon was weak. We knew that John was going to the wall. We knew that Eddard was going down south. We knew where people were going. We knew what they were doing, what the motivations were, and what they were attempting to do. I'll bite, you know, when it comes to the end of the season, we're given all sorts of shocks and twists. So far, going into this second episode, I don't feel like we have a full sense of who these characters are. They seem like caricatures at the moment. And coming away from that first episode, it ends on a cliffhanger, everything's hunky-dory, so it seems, with um, Damon and Targaryen going off in a huff. This first episode 
sort of starts with you know this apparent issue going on in in the in the narrow sea so episode two immediately begins with a sort of conflict and we rush ahead six months we rush ahead six months so we're already doing time jumps in this series just like towards the back end of the game of thrones series in general we're doing vast time jumps already and i know i know you're gonna say oh but the characters are getting replaced a bit further on to show an even greater time jump fine but it took game of thrones six seasons before they started doing massive time jumps you know covering large distances in less than an episode where is the scope and scale gone already Things are happening in motion, they're going so quickly that we're not given enough time to really sort of delve into the inner workings of, you know, this family dynamic. Already, the questions that I have about wanting the show to focus on the family, wanting the show to focus on, you know, the inner workings of the family decisions, what it means to people, you know, what they have to deal with on a daily basis. We're already skipping away from that. There's a whole six month period here in this episode where they literally say between uh, Paddy Considine and um, his daughter, uh, played by Millie Alcock, like, we haven't spoken in six months. Gee, I kind of probably would have liked to have seen some of that, you know? Some of those awkward interactions where they can't really talk to each other because they're still dealing with grief. That kind of looks like, you know, an interesting sort of bit of character development. But we move on almost immediately to a resolution with that, where, you know, uh, he comes clean about having to take up a new a new queen, um, which becomes the central focus of this episode. And again, that all happens very, very quickly. Everything sort of is decided very quickly. There's a twist, of course, and it's all, it all comes to fruition very quickly. Running alongside this, so there are kind of three separate stories. We have this, this, this crab king who likes <laughs> staking people to the seaside. Um which pretty much happens when you go to Blackpool anyway. You get staked to the seaside and you get eaten alive by crabs. The crabs are really vicious. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. And then we have this proposed new wedding scenario. And then we have Damon Targaryen, the wonderful Matt Smith, um, stealing an egg from under everybody's nose. Okay, so he returns from Dragonstone to King's Landing, steals an egg, a dragon's egg, and goes back to Dragonstone. And we don't see any of this. It's all what we're told sort of after it's been completed so everything again you know is left to our imagination gee it's kind of something that i probably would have wanted to see him stealing a dragon egg budget i guess um but yeah it all just moves ahead very very quickly and we <laughs> you know the res resolutions for two out of those three um you know side plots come in this episode in this second episode we again are reintroduced to a few characters their motivations their desires what they want to happen especially with you know regards to this wedding um lord corliss i think it is i can't fucking i can't remember these <laughs> these names i can't pronounce them at all he wants um everybody to sort of fight you know the, these pirates or whatever they are um and he proposes a, a marriage with his young daughter, who is 12, to the recently bereaved king. Say recently, it's been six months, um, but sure. Um, and he's like, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go marry somebody else. Which is a bit of a daft sort of 
choice if you think about it. The king ends up choosing, is it love? Is it friendship, companionship over duty? And there is an argument to be had here for the moral choice. This this guy who is this lord who's trying to marry off his daughter, you know, um, the daughter's only 12. Uh, Millicent Hightower, I think it is Millicent. Um, <laughs> don't know. Um, these names, one thing, they quickly, these names, they're not very memorable. How quickly did we memorise all the names of the original characters from the first Game of Thrones season within the first episode? We knew the major players, we were into them, we remember the names. Here, struggling to remember the names or even care. Um, but anyway, he opts to marry Millicent um, Hightower. So um, Reese Ephens plays um, the Hand of the King. In this episode, he, in, in, in the series, he is a Hightower, uh, Hightower man. So there is some probable scheming going on behind there. But again, we don't see anything of it. We see little flecks of potential where he's saying, when you go to the king tonight, be nice. And all this kind of stuff. Because he kind of plays as like a confidant. But again, we don't really know too much about that either. Why is she there all the time? What is she doing? Is she there purely on her dad's behest? It points towards it by the reactions that she has with her father, but... Again, we're not really sure. Everything's happening in cloak and dagger still. Um, which, sure, is not a problem. But for someone who, <laughs> you know, really wants to be sold on this series, I'm struggling to feel invested when the character motivations aren't really there for me. But yeah, he, he opts to marry this Millicent instead and things happen. Um, Lord Collis is very unhappy and he goes to see Damon uh, at the end of the episode. But before that... When Damon has stolen this egg, um, everything happens so quickly. That's why I feel like I'm rushing. I feel like I'm rushing because everything happens so quickly in this episode. Damon steals this egg. Um, the hand of the king, Lord Hightower, whatever his name is, um, Reese Evans, who goes to claim the egg back. There's almost bloodshed. Um, nothing happens. And then Rhaenyra turns up on her dragon, takes the egg. Problem solved. Um... There's no threat, there's no worry, there's no concern for any of these characters in play because they're all the central characters. They're all the central characters that are going to have further story arcs going forward. So immediately, we're undone in terms of what the original series sort of offered in the guise that no one is safe, everyone could possibly be, be killed. Here, I don't feel like it's that case. I feel like, you know... He stood there, everybody's got the swords drawn, and I was like, nothing's going to happen here. It's going gonna, it's gonna to simmer down or something else is going to happen where everybody manages to go home safe, which is exactly what happens. <sighs> you know, if this show was probably bolder at this point, they probably would have killed Reese Evans immediately. But there, it's Reese Evans. He's a really good actor. You're not going to get rid of him in the second episode. So why have this situation so early on in the series... You know, whereby there's a confrontation immediately. It took us up until, I think it was, what, episode four or five, maybe? Before there was a standoff between Eddard Stark and Jamie Lannister, whereby all of Eddard Stark's men were killed. A shocking element. You know, it took us five episodes to get there. We're two episodes in, there's already a confrontation that amounts to nothing. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. But... If this, if this review sort of rambles, sort of sounds a bit ramblish, then 
It's because I feel like the series is a bit rambly at the minute. I feel like there's so much going on and yet there's so little going on. The dialogue is is very thin, buzzwordy. They're saying things that don't really amount to much. They're complaining to each other without actually doing anything. And I suppose in a way that plays towards the part of the potential downfall of the king, uh, Paddy Considine going forward, you know, his, his his errors, his lack of judgment, his, you know, need for companionship is going to overtake, you know, his ability to rule his kingdom. Um, and Rhaenyra is probably going to, you know, resent everything because her best friend is now going to be married to her father. But there's a lot going on. And knowing full well that we're going to be doing a massive time jump going forward, I'm not entirely convinced that the storytelling in this show is where it needs to be at the moment. The characters are there. I think the characters are there. Purely based on performances. Matt Smith, Paddy Considine, Reese Evans. They are very solid. They're very good actors and they are fitting their roles at the moment. But going forward, what that means, I'm not entirely sure. Um, we'll just have to see when the when the, the the secondary cast comes in or the main cast comes in when everybody's a little bit older. Um, and I'm thinking Rainier and Male um, Maleficent, <laughs> Millicent. I think they they've already been recast. I think there's, there's it happens at some point in this first season. I don't know, but everything's happening so quickly, and that's why I feel like I'm a bit sort of out of sorts. I'm not really sure what to make of this series yet. There is that palpable sense of all the pieces being moved into place already which is something that you know took a bit of time in the original game of thrones season one um traps are being set double crosses are being planned already um it's it's difficult the characters are already set in their places where they you know, need to be in order to create this tension going forward. But we haven't seen the development of those characters to justify everything that's going to happen as of yet. We haven't been given enough time to deal with these characters, to understand their true motivations, and to really get a sense of who they really are in this world. So any tragedy that comes going forward, is it going to feel earned? Is it going to feel justified? I'm not entirely sure. I feel like we do need to see more of these characters interacting, scheming together, scheming against each other in order to justify and warrant what is potentially going to come by the end of the season. I'm not sure how many episodes there are in this season, to be quite honest, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Overall, I think the basis is there for a good show. I think I'm just concerned about the writing and the story. So two of the three pillars of the Angry Andy scale are a bit on shaken ground here. Character-wise, I think they're there. Story-wise, I'm not sure. Writing, mm, it's crumbling a bit. I think it's all buzzwordy. I think it's all tropes and a bit of nonsense, but we'll see. We'll see going forward. Hopefully, um, when, when this massive time jump comes to comes to bear, we'll have a greater sense of what's going on. But I don't want massive time jumps. I want to focus in on the characters, the character drama, really get a sense of who they are going forward. It's what made the original Game of Thrones show so well done. The sheer fact that we didn't get any major battles for a few seasons, we focused in on the character drama, the betrayals, the low-level stuff before we went into all-out war. It seems like this show already, with 
this crab king guy who's horribly scarred another trope a scarred villain um we're already pushing towards a major conflict there whether Damon's going to completely destroy this this crab king's fleet or whether there's going to be a war declared and we're going to see a major battle i get they've got a greater budget than they did originally but at the expense of story perhaps we don't need to do it yet but i'm rambling this is already a very long video so i'm going to stop there because probably nobody's watching at this point so the first two episodes of this season house of dragon house of bird dragon are going to be a solid seven out of ten for me i'm enjoying it more than i thought i would but i'm i'm holding some reservations about what's going to go forward i will do another review next week i'll be doing it episodically hopefully unless i miss one um due to other commitments but rest assured i am watching and i am waiting to see what you do bye bye